Yo, yo, what up? And welcome to Designated Reports Boxing Podcast. This is episode 19. 19. My name is Louie. That's Gene. We're your hosts. What up, Gene? What's good, man? I mean, uh, other than us <laughs> twinning <laughs> accidentally this morning, you know what I mean? You got the 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 green, the olive green and the and the, the company hoodie on, you know what I mean? And the only thing that's different is uh the kicks. You got the all black with the, the, the fours. Fours, yeah. Okay, all right. You yeah. know, great minds think alike. Yeah, we look like two extras from the Destiny Child Survivor video. <laughs> I'm a survivor. <laughs> Yo, Yo we didn't we didn't song. plan this by the way. Not just, at all. Not at all. I don't all. know, man. It's laundry day, so yeah, dude, bro. dudes is hurting. Anyway, just do, you look fly. I look fly. It is what it is. All right, let's get into some boxing. So last night we watched um Boo Boo mm-hmm. Andre fight uh Lehman Williams. Mm-hmm. And uh obviously with Boo Boo, they have been talking about him more recently as, as a guy that Canelo had been avoiding because of his skill set. I want to ask you going right into it, what did you think about his performance? And did you think it was worthy of getting in Canelo's attention? Woo! All right, so we watched Loaded the question. Yeah, we, we watched the fight together. Um, we did. I want to get out of the realm of putting so much pressure on fighters to go out and get a knockout every single time. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we do that a little bit too much. But for the amount of talking that was done, saying that you're the boogeyman of the division, you're not getting any title shots, people are avoiding you. I personally thought he would have came out and performed a little bit better, right? He had times where, one, he did drop him. He did. Right? Two, he threw a lot of good combos. Uh, probably has one of the top three or four best uppercuts in the game. He uppercuts six. But when you got your guy in a position that you can take him out early and you're trying to send a message to the division, you got to do it. And he didn't do it. Right. You know, that, that fight shouldn't have went 12 rounds. So why would these other guys look at him and say, okay, you deserve does he deserve a Canelo? Not now. Mm-hmm. But the other guys underneath him, like a Charlo, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that fight. Right. What were your thoughts? Yeah, we on the same time on that one. The um, Look, he did a lot of great things. Uh, his skills have never been in question. It's more so his motor, his drive. Um, and when he seems to get in control of guys, mm-hmm. he doesn't have that extra step. And we saw right away the first round he hurt Williams. The second round, I think he dropped him. Mm-hmm. And he came out in the third round, and Williams won that round. Yeah. Right? So that's the knock that's been on um, Boo Boo in the sense that he just likes to get into control, and then he coasts a little bit. He doesn't have that second gear. So I think that's what you're talking about in terms of, like, did he get that? Was it a deserving performance to where, like, now he's putting the whole division on notice? No. Not really. No. Um, I do want to give credit to Williams because he is a tough guy. Yeah, he came and, back. Yo, he was dealing with a lot of – he was doing a lot last night and yo for him to stick it out you know he ended up still pressuring Williams showed a lot of heart so you do have to give him some credit um I will say this I think Williams excuse me I think that Boo Boo deserves a fight the top three guys at 160 okay but I don't think he deserves to get that Canelo fight okay so transitioning you know Eddie Hearns came into the ring automatically called out uh Jamal Charlo Made a lot of great points. Yo, Eddie Hearns, real quick, like, he's the best promoter in the game right By now. By far. I think there's a lot of reasons why. I think, number one, he's young enough to relate to them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think, you know, that if you look at mostly promoters that are, you know, the big promoters, the top dogs in the game, you know, they're they're up there in their 60s, 70s, and 80s. Yeah. And so I, I want to say that's one of the, the that's side. A great, of, yeah, that's a great point. I didn't so he's, look at he's, like he relates to the fighters a little bit more. The other thing, too, is, yo, his comeback game, when you'll be <laughs> popping off at him, yo, yeah, like, he got yeah. that British humor. Yeah, yeah, Yo, yeah. he's funny as fuck. 
Um, but yeah, definitely, I think that you know he definitely sold the fight. Yeah. Within two minutes of right after that, he fight. made excellent points. Great points. Yeah. He was talking about, and I think we're gonna, you know, this is one of the things that we were gonna talk about with some of the guys that are coming up and fighting that um, Boo Boo could potentially fight. They're not fighting anybody. Yeah. Like we don't even know the names. Yeah. Facts. And yeah. Eddie Hearns is a promoter, and he's like, "Yo, I don't even know who Charles fighting next. What's his name?" Yeah. And he sat down on live television. That was kind of disrespectful. That's man. what I'm yeah. saying. Like, he's like, you know what I'm saying? He's like, yo, if anything, Boo Boo's just as expensive. Is he is. You're not paying. You're not paying anymore. Yeah. Facts. Like, what's yeah. the problem? Yeah. That's you know, a, great selling points, man. So listen, if I yeah, if I if I was a young fighter in the game and I, I had to pick to have a promoter, definitely be Eddie Hearn. Well, you know what it is. I think he might be the only promoter. If you look at the list of everyone else that's actually trying his hardest to make fights happen, when Bob Arum says something, I automatically don't believe him. That's facts. Right? When Eddie says something, I'm like, yo, and he makes, and the way he breaks it down, he makes sense. Yeah. You know, so kudos to him to try to get these fights going. And pound for pound, he is the best promoter in the game. It's time to give him his flowers. For sure. So. Sure. Yeah. All right. So uh with that being said, there was actually two fights last night. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is that this was actually the real fight that was done early just because of the big uh circus that's around the next fight. And that's the Jake Paul versus Ben. How do you say his last name? Aspen. There you go. So you know I'm gonna fuck it up. Yeah. Um, so I I'm gonna go ahead and let you jump into it because I know you got a lot of comments on it. Like, what did you think about the experience first? Okay. And then we'll get into the fight. Um, remember back in December when they had the Nate Robinson and Jake Paul fight, uh-huh. but the main headline was who? It was Tyson versus Roy Jones. Facts. Hell of a night. Um, was trending on Twitter the whole night. The fights were good. People were getting knocked out. I thought from that night on, Trilla had the game plan mm. and was going to build from there. Yeah. What I watched last night was like an abomination, man. Uh, Snoop Dogg made a comment. There was a one earlier fight before we jump into the Jake fight, right? There was one fight where these two rappers, these two old school rappers were throwing their hands and the referee, not only, he didn't even have any gloves. Snoop Dogg was like, yo, don't, why don't he have any gloves on? <laughs> right? And at the end of the round, the bell doesn't even go off. Someone just says, time! <laughs> right? Oh, these so they didn't have any budget for all the little things that we as boxing fans love and we know and we appreciate. Right. They had money for Justin Bieber. They had money for Doja Cat. They had to pay Justin Bieber like two mil. Word. They had money for Sweetie, right? All the other things around the actual boxing was was A1. It's not my cup of tea, but it was A1. But they just did a little bit too much for my liking. Yeah, they went from like Fast and Furious one, yeah, to like Fast and Furious ten. It's too much filler. It was just like it was too fast, too furious. Dude, you know what I'm saying? They like, had skits with Snoop Dogg and Steve Urkel. Then they had a slap championship. <laughs> Yo, like, with Ric Flair, with Ric Flair judges, hosting right? it or something like, like that. Dude, it's a little too much. Even yeah. millennials, I don't think, really cared about all the extra that was going on. Is that millennials or is that Gen Z? I don't, I don't know. Cause but, all I know is like to hear all that. That's you, you like, you motherfuckers got HDH, ADHD or something. Cause that's too much going on in one show for me. But personally. they didn't like it. If you go on Twitter, yeah, that's fact, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Millennials and Gen Z or whatever, they're on Twitter. They're like, yeah. yo, can this fight happen already? Like, I don't care about Doja Cat and Sweetie. But even, even one of the fighters, uh, Ben, he was like, he was like, yo, this is not family oriented. My kids are watching. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, oh, he said that. Yeah, oh, I missed the comment. Yeah. Did you actually see the fight? Hell no. I, <laughs> I caught the highlight, man. Listen, what? he just got in. 
one round, he caught a right, he dropped. I felt like he could have continued, but the referee stopped it. I think what as a as a dude who's a really prof- a real professional fighter, right? Mm-hmm. I think he decided that like this shit's a circus, uh, a circus, and I'm gonna get out. I'm gonna get my bag, and I'm gonna get out. Half a million dollars. Yeah. And then afterwards, he was like smiling and laughing. Like, yeah. I didn't let down the MMA world. I let down the whole world. And, you know. Look, I'm all for these type of exhibition, you know, showcases. Only thing is, and that's one reason why we gave respect to Jake Paul, because it seems like he is taking the boxing serious, right? Yeah, that's one but point I want to get into. you guys are cherry picking some horrible opponents, and you're not really uh, putting on a, a good boxing display, right? If it was a real fight... Like we were thoroughly enjoyed with the Nate Robinson fight. Nate just didn't know how to fight. Right. Right. But now you took that groundwork that you put in and you just turned it into a circus. So I had to give the whole thing an F. He had a good performance, I guess. Well, I'll say this, right? Um, and, I, and I put this on Twitter. Um, shout out to our, our uh, new Twitter account, um, Designated Report Boxing, or what is it again? designated report Report boxing boxing podcast podcast. (laughs) at you know on the twitter handle um so make sure you follow us so i put on twitter is it you know um is it time to take jake paul serious yeah no yeah but he is taking (laughs) boxing serious yeah he is and what i mean by that is we had a conversation um with a top trainer and our brother farid who trains um or has trained multiple champions as well as more recently, uh, Danny Jacobs. Mm -hmm. He's actually worked with him. He's seen some guys he's worked with. And he says that at the very least that this guy's actually taking, you know, boxing seriously. And that's all you can really ask for this dude, right? So although I don't think he's going to be fighting like top tier fighters, I do think that he is taking boxing serious enough to actually think or want to have a career in boxing. And I do like that. Which is fine. Just give him better opponents. Just give us a real boxing fight. You can do all the theatrics around it, but at the end of the day, just give us a real boxing fight and we'll respect it. Yeah, and I think what they're doing right now, I think that they're building him up. Mm-hmm. He already has the audience. Yeah. Right? So he's 3-0. They're going to pack that record until maybe he does get one of those big fights, maybe around like, you know, fight 15, fight 10, something like that. Um, so they're handling him like he is a prospect who has potential to be, you know, um, I guess, at least in his weight division, you know, a face of the sport. Do I think that he's going to get there? I think at some point he's going to get knocked off and it's going to be bad. Of course. You know what I mean? And but I, I do like the the fact that he actually is taking, taking the sport seriously. Yeah. I, I, I'm dying to see what the, the ratings were. Man, I think with all the celebrities that you named and mm-hmm. cause he, didn't this guy um, host um, some comedian David Oh, from SNL? I know Mario Lopez and Snoop Dogg hosted it, but there was this one, um, I know who you're talking about. I think it's a Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson, that's yeah, it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you just had a number of celebrities there who were involved, and I think that's going to be, you know, very attractive to a number of different people. I think one of the things that's interesting from um, from a fighter's perspective, uh, Andre Berto recently came out, mm-hmm. and he said that he can see the boxing industry making a shift, just like the music industry in the sense that, the music industry now is only signing individuals who already have built their own following. So what Berto was basically saying is like, these fighters are going to have to create their own following before they get those big contracts with, you know, big promoters. And those big contracts mean that they're going to pay, pay you a salary that way you can train. And then you're going to be, you know, you're always going to be the bigger side of the purse when you fight. So what he was saying is that amateur fighters are not only going to have to be able to be good fighters, 
but they're going to have to have a social media following before they even get signed. What do you think about that? That's tough. It's real That's tough. That's tough. Everyone's not built. Uh, some people just aren't social media people, you know? Yeah. There, there's a lot of boxers who I love, and I can't find them on Instagram, right? So if you're looking for younger fighters, uh, you're going to have to push them in that direction, but will it be successful? So then you're going to create a state of, okay, if I feel like I cannot pop off on social media, how am I going to build my career when that should be the job of the promoter? Right. Perfect examples with Teofimo Lopez when he said, "Okay, Bob, you're saying I'm worth this. You're saying no one wants to work with me or pay me this amount. Let me go get this bag from Triller." And the difference was, and he got it. Bob Aaron was saying a million dollars, and Triller said six million dollars. But this is where it's tough because Teofimo, because of that fight against, um, you know, Lomachenko, Uh he's a household name now, so he was able to do that. But how do you tell a younger fighter to do that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's certainly like a catch-22. Um, and the fight industry is very different from, you know, the music industry, right? Like, if you're going to have a guy who's, you know, a, um, you know, coming in from the amateurs, who is, you know, a top prospect, he's probably been fighting from the, at least the age eight to six. Mm-hmm. He's been traveling the world, winning, you know, international championships, um, national championships. So if that guy's like out there doing that and he builds a following, mm-hmm. okay, great. But that's going to be really, really hard because most people who, who watch or are willing to pay for, you know, a pay-per-view fight, they're not the guys who know who the amateurs are. Facts. They're casual fans. That's what I'm saying. So for, for a 17-year-old kid, a 15-year-old kid, because if you don't turn pro by the age of 21, mm-hmm. boxing, you, you, you're yeah. too old. Yeah. So it's, it's like you said, it's really hard for, like, kids to build that following, in my opinion. But this is what pisses me off with these promoters. I'm saying, okay, because social media, if used correctly, can be a tool, that should automatically cut your expensive to a certain percent. Right. Back in the day, you had to take TV, uh, you had to pay for TV commercials, you had to pay for print work, billboards on, in every city. Now someone like Ryan Garcia can just post a little display like, hey, I'm fighting June 17th. And nine million people, right. right, will see it. So I don't think promoters should just say, "Hey, all the chips are on your table. You have to build yourself up." I feel like they, if anything, they should just meet them in the middle, or maybe hire social uh, marketing, social media marketing teams to help build these people up. Yeah, good point, right? And you can find people to do that shit for dirt cheap. Yeah. So look, let's see in the next three to five years how this turns out. But I think it was an excellent point by Andre Berto. And I can see exactly where he's coming from. And I think it might lead that way with everything that we're seeing now. But only time will tell. Yeah, I think it's interesting to see this. You know, I don't know if we're in a bubble here with the whole um, Triller, Thriller thing. (laughs) Um, They certainly have the funds, the resources, and a plan. We'll just have to see how it goes, you know? Yeah. Um, All right, so... Yeah, you know, moving on real quick, you know, uh, um, a legend in the hip hop community. And as you know, all athletes want to be rappers and all rappers want to be athletes. Thanks. So, you know, we just bridging that gap real quick. Um, I know for me, this dude was, um, you know, his intensity, you know, the way he brought the streets to mainstream media mm-hmm. was obviously impressive. Who or what is your favorite DMX song to like jam out to, to, to work out to like one track? One DMX track. I gotta go with What's My Name. What's my name? That's a really good one. That beat and that intro. Yeah. Right? Um, First of all, rest in peace, X. One thing about X, if you think of any other rapper 
you can always find another rapper who's their contemporary and you can draw parallels to. What I loved about DMX and especially seeing all the clips going around of his music and his performances, he was truly one of one. Yeah, sure. There was no one like him, man. No one like him. Um, he did his own thing. He had his own style. And, you know, we're going to miss him. But if I had to go with one track, I'd go with What's My Name. That's a good one. What um, about yours? For me, man, it's We Ride Here. Yeah. <laughs> we Not Going Anywhere. I mean, that every time I hear that track, man, it just really puts me in a, you know, a space where, like, you know, I'm ready to get it in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So RIP to X. You yes. know what I'm saying? One love to all his fans and all that. The memorial is actually in Brooklyn on the twenty fourth. You got your bike. You know it's gonna be crazy. You I got, got your bike. I got my city bike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we ride a city bike. We out. We got the city bike. All right. Well, that's episode nineteen. Yes. Check us out. Tell them where they can find us. Yes, you can watch us on YouTube. Uh, we'll have short clips. We have the long versions as well, and we're on every streaming platform: Spotify, Anchor, Apple, SoundCloud, wherever uh, it's displayed podcast wise. So just find us. Like, subscribe, leave comments, hit us up, follow us on IG. Yeah, yeah. Peace. Yeah, man, that was pretty good. It's right, man. Had a couple.